Welcome to the Buddha's Wisdom Podcast. This episode is the 30th Sutta of the Majjhima Nikaya, the Chula Sarokama Sutta, which translates as the shorter simile of the hardwood. In this teaching, following an incident with Devadatta, the Buddha cautions the monks against becoming complacent with the superficial benefits of the spiritual life and points to liberation as the true heart of the teaching. This translation of the Chula Saropama Sutta is by Bhikkhu Sajato and was sourced from Sutta Central. May you all benefit from hearing the peerless wisdom of the Buddha. The Chula Saropama Sutta, the shorter simile of the hardwood. So I have heard. At one time, the Buddha was staying near Savati in Jeta's Grove, Anatapindika's monastery. Then the Brahmin Pingalakocha went up to the Buddha and exchanged greetings with him. When the greetings and polite conversation were over, he sat down to one side and said to the Buddha, Master Gotama, there are those ascetics and Brahmins who lead an order and a community and teach a community. Their well-known and famous religious founders, deemed holy by many people, namely Purana Kasapa, the bamboo-staffed ascetic Gosala, Ajita of the hair blanket, Bakuda Kachayana, Sanjaya Balatiputta, and the Jain ascetic of the Natika clan. According to their own claims, did all of them have direct knowledge, or none of them, or only some? Enough, Brahman. Let this be. According to their own claims, did all of them have direct knowledge, or none of them, or only some? I will teach you the Dhamma. Listen and apply your mind well. I will speak. Yes, sir, Pinkalakocha replied. The Buddha said this. Suppose there were a person in need of hardwood, and while wandering in search of hardwood, he'd come across a large tree standing with hardwood. But passing over the hardwood, softwood, bark and shoots, he'd cut off the branches and leaves and depart, imagining they were hardwood. If a person with clear eyes saw him, they'd say, this gentleman doesn't know what hardwood, softwood, bark, shoots or branches and leaves are. That's why he passed over them, cut off the branches and leaves and departed, imagining they were hardwood. Whatever he needs to make from hardwood, he won't succeed. Suppose there was another person in need of hardwood. He'd cut off the shoots and depart, imagining they were hardwood. Suppose there was another person in need of hardwood. He'd cut off the bark and depart, imagining it was hardwood. Suppose there was another person in need of hardwood and he'd cut out the softwood and depart, imagining it was hardwood. Suppose there was another person in need of hardwood, and while wandering in search of hardwood, he'd come across a large tree standing with hardwood. He'd cut out just the hardwood and depart, knowing it was hardwood. If a person with clear eyes saw him, they'd say, this gentleman knows what hardwood, softwood, bark, shoots, or branches and leaves are. That's why he cut out just the hardwood and departed, knowing it was hardwood. 
Whatever he needs to make from heartwood, he will succeed. In the same way, take a certain person who goes forth from the lay life to homeliness thinking, I'm swamped by rebirth, old age and death, by sorrow, lamentation, pain, sadness and distress. I'm swamped by suffering, mired in suffering. Hopefully I can find an end to this entire mass of suffering. When they've gone forth, they generate possessions, honour and popularity. They're happy with that, and they've got all they wished for. And they glorify themselves and put others down on account of that. I'm the one with possessions, honour and popularity. These other mendicants are obscure and insignificant. They become lazy and slack on account of their possessions, honour and popularity, not generating enthusiasm or trying to realise those things that are better and finer. They're like the person who mistakes branches and leaves for heartwood, I say. Now, take a gentleman who has gone forth from the lay life to homelessness. When they've gone forth, they generate possessions, honour and popularity. They're not happy with that, and haven't got all they wished for. They don't glorify themselves or put others down on account of that. They don't become lazy and slack regarding their possessions, honour and popularity, but generate enthusiasm and try to realise those things that are better and finer. They achieve accomplishment in ethics. They're happy with that, and they've got all they wished for, and they glorify themselves and put others down on account of that. I'm the one who is ethical and of good character. These other mendicants are unethical, of bad character. They become lazy and slack regarding their accomplishment in ethics, not generating enthusiasm or trying to realise those things that are better and finer. They're like the person who mistakes shoots for heartwood, I say. Next, take a gentleman who has gone forth from the lay life to homelessness. They achieve accomplishment in ethics and immersion. They become lazy and slack regarding their accomplishment in immersion not generating enthusiasm or trying to realise those things that are better and finer. They're like the person who mistakes bark for heartwood, I say. Now, take a gentleman who has gone forth from the lay life to homelessness. They achieve accomplishment in ethics, immersion and knowledge and vision. They become lazy and slack regarding their knowledge and vision, not generating enthusiasm or trying to realise those things that are better and finer. They're like the person who mistakes softwood for heartwood, I say. Next, take a gentleman who has gone forth from the lay life to homelessness, thinking, I'm swamped by rebirth, old age and death, by sorrow, lamentation, pain, sadness and distress. I'm swamped by suffering, mired in suffering, Hopefully I can find an end to this entire mass of suffering. When they've gone forth, they generate possessions, honour and popularity. They're not happy with that and haven't got all they wished for. They don't glorify themselves and put others down on account of that. They don't become lazy and slack on account of their possessions, honour and popularity, but generate enthusiasm and try to realise those things that are better and finer. 
they become accomplished in ethics. They're happy with that, but they haven't got all they wished for. They don't glorify themselves and put others down on account of that. They don't become lazy and slack regarding their accomplishment in ethics, but generate enthusiasm and try to realise those things that are better and finer. They become accomplished in immersion. They're happy with that, but they haven't got all that they wished for. They don't glorify themselves and put others down on account of that. They don't become lazy and slack regarding their accomplishment in immersion, but generate enthusiasm and try to realise those things that are better and finer. They achieve knowledge and vision. They're happy with that, but they haven't got all they wished for. They don't glorify themselves and put others down on account of that. They don't become lazy and slack regarding their knowledge and vision, but generate enthusiasm and try to realise those things that are better and finer. And what are those things that are better and finer than knowledge and vision? Take a mendicant who, quite secluded from sensual pleasures, secluded from unskillful qualities, enters and remains in the first absorption, which has rapture and bliss born of seclusion, while placing the mind and keeping it connected. This is something better and finer than knowledge and vision. Furthermore, as the placing of the mind and keeping it connected are stilled, a mendicant enters and remains in the second absorption, which has the rapture and bliss born of immersion with internal clarity and mind at one, without placing the mind and keeping it connected. This too is something better and finer than knowledge and vision. Furthermore, with the fading away of rapture, a mendicant enters and remains in the third absorption, where they meditate with equanimity, mindful and aware, personally experiencing the bliss of which the noble ones declare, equanimous and mindful, one meditates in bliss. This too is something better and finer than knowledge and vision. Furthermore, giving up pleasure and pain and ending former happiness and sadness, a mendicant enters and remains in the fourth absorption without pleasure or pain, with pure equanimity and mindfulness. This too is something better and finer than knowledge and vision. Furthermore, a mendicant, going totally beyond perceptions of form, with the ending of perceptions of impingement, not focusing on perceptions of diversity, aware that space is infinite, enters and remains in the dimension of infinite space. This too is something better and finer than knowledge and vision. Furthermore, a mendicant going totally beyond the dimension of infinite space, aware that consciousness is infinite, enters and remains in the dimension of infinite consciousness. This too is something better and finer than knowledge and vision. Furthermore, a mendicant going totally beyond the dimension of infinite consciousness, aware that there is nothing at all, enters and remains in the dimension of nothingness. This too is something better and finer than knowledge and vision. Furthermore, take a mendicant who, going totally beyond the dimension of nothingness, enters and remains in the dimension of neither perception nor non-perception. This too is something better and finer than knowledge and vision.
Furthermore, take a mendicant who, going totally beyond the dimension of neither perception nor non-perception, enters and remains in the cessation of perception and feeling. And, having seen with wisdom, their defilements come to an end. This too is something better and finer than knowledge and vision. These are the things that are better and finer than knowledge and vision. Suppose there was a person in need of hardwood, and while wandering in search of hardwood, he'd come across a large tree standing with hardwood. He'd cut out just the hardwood, and depart knowing it was hardwood. Whatever he needs to make from hardwood, he will succeed. That's what this person is like, I say. And so, Brahman, this spiritual life is not lived for the sake of possessions, honour and popularity, or for accomplishment in ethics, or for accomplishment in immersion, or for knowledge and vision. Rather, the goal, heartwood, and final end of the spiritual life is the unshakable freedom of heart. When he had spoken, the Brahman Pingalakocha said to the Buddha, Excellent, Master Gotama, excellent! From this day forth, may Master Gotama remember me as a lay follower who has gone for refuge for life. This ends the Chula Saropama Sutta. If you've enjoyed listening to the Buddha's Wisdom Podcast, please subscribe via your favorite podcast player and share this podcast with friends. If you'd like to find out more about the Buddha's Wisdom Podcast, you can go to the everydaydharma.net website where you'll find all previous episodes along with the text version of the Sutta. If you'd like to support this free distribution Dhamma project by making a one-off or recurring donation, follow the Ko-Fi link in the show notes below. Thank you for listening. May you all find happiness and peace.